180, Omaha! Live. You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rogers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action, awesome time. Deep shot for Parker. to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? And a good Friday to you, a football Friday or just about any kind of Friday it is. We are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. T.C. Martin live here at the best place on the Las Vegas Strip, bar none, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. We are one week away from Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, so we will start hyping that up as we get ready for our, our huge Super Bowl preview show next Friday here at the Cosmopolitan, but plenty to do. Plenty to talk about here today. Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house, our VP of Casino Operations, our gracious host, hockey guru, not to mention the king of curling as well, too. The pride of Winnipeg. What's going on, my friend? Oh, doing great, TC. It's good to be here again for a, a Friday night. A um, little unusual. Last week we had all the sports going on. This week it's a little <laughs> bit of a lull. We've got a little bit of uh, hockey to talk about, of course. And, uh, uh, you know, touch on the Super Bowl. Um, Three points. It's kind of bounced between three and three and a half, and uh, we'll see where it goes. All right. A lot to do uh, with that today. Ballpark Frank, he's here. We're talking it all today. What's going on, BFP? Well, you know, I always like coming down here to the Cosmopolitan, checking out, seeing what's going on down here. Beautiful race and sports book, of course. And uh, we are not virtual. We are actually live. We are live. That's right. We are in color. No black and white here. No tape delay. It is live at the Cosmopolitan like we are each and every Friday. And, of course, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. streaming live, tcmartinshow.com. Adam Joseph, our guy from Opportunity Village, our great charity uh, partner, just uh, concluded with uh, picks for OV, so we'll get into that today. But uh, AJ, what's going on, my friend? Great to be down here. A lot of great energy going on the Cosmopolitan. Hanging out with you guys. Life is good. Yeah. I know. How long will it take for us to get a food reference in when we start talking about the Cosmopolitan and this show and food? Especially you just, with you on the panel today. You just made me hungry, TC, so let's go <laughs> easy now. <laughs> Bring all the blue ribbon chicken wings. Is that what you're trying to say? Woo, baby. Yeah, see. See, you and Double B, you guys go for the spicy tuna and this and that. You, you broaden your, your horizons. You know, me, I'm, you know. Frank and I, we're kind of in that in that middle lane. You know what I'm saying? We know where we're going. You, you guys, guys branch it off a little bit. T- TC's definitely meat and potatoes guy. <laughs> As is Frank. Well, I was going to say, if TC is, uh, I'm not even in the middle lane. I'm just in that fast food lane right over there. Yeah. So meat and potatoes, that's, that's all you need. It's all good. All right, Earthquake's back in the studio. The nunchuck here making it happen as well, too. Nice live audience here today as we get going here. Uh, non-stop sports talk to the 4 o'clock hour here. Uh, guys, let's uh, first talk off uh, a little with you, AJ, about the – got the Super Bowl coming up here. But, um, you know, we talked about Picks for OV, which is a, a great contest that we are all part of here. And uh, you guys had a big ceremony uh, last Friday. You crowned a winner. Unfortunately, it, it wasn't us. But uh, – uh, really record numbers for people that participate in the contest and and for some of the listeners and people here at the Cosmopolitan may not be familiar with picks for OV why don't you uh, why don't you break it down for us you got a TC thanks for having us down and uh, what a great contest we had uh, winner Jennifer Romas from the sexy show at the Westgate yeah. and uh, basically what you do with our good friends from William Hill and others you pick five against the number every week weekend games and you're competing for that number one spot a great turnout, raised a lot of meaningful money for the people that need it the most in our community, and those are the adults with disabilities Opportunity Village. So another successful campaign with Picks for OV, and that spread record, I believe it was over 60%, as you guys know, trying to do that 17 weeks in a row yeah. is not easy. Exactly. We know about that because, of course, we, we chart ours here. Now, we're, we, we go six, we go three. Uh, college and three pro and uh, everybody here at, at the table had a fantastic uh, year with our picks here so uh, yeah the more stuff that we can do uh, money that we can raise you know, again especially with Opportunity Village it's a great contest the uh, picks for OV and again you guys also do it for basketball as well too so I'm sure that you guys are already planning the little March Madness 
That's right. Contests actually open this week. Just visit picksforov.com. You can sign up for the March Madness Bracket Tournament. $50 for one, $95 for two. Off to the races we go, TC. All right. And that's just straight bracket uh, format, right? That's right. All right. Big, 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 big NCAAs are right around the corner. The double B says put him down for six entries. Well, I, I know that uh, you want Matt in there. <laughs> I knew Because Matt will pick Florida State, and, you know, they'll be out in the first round. <laughs> exactly. Strange. I don't know if we touched on it, but uh, they moved the uh, first round of the tournament to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that first round, which is, which is really odd. Yeah. That is strange. You know, I mean, you're used to a Thursday uh, tip-off and, and having all yeah. that activity here, but they've shifted it all down in Indianapolis. They're all playing in the bubble, but uh, that was something that really took me by surprise. But what is the reason for that? That's what I don't understand. I, don't know. I mean, like you said, we're talking about bucking tradition, and, and on this show, we're always talking about the tradition factor here, and it, it's, it gets very, very irritating. Taking away my Thursday, Friday? So now we're going to go, what, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? I, I, can't, I can't deal with that. Where do I protest? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I took, and they just sent it out on a quick blurb. You had to do kind of a double take on it because yeah. it was very, very surprising. But, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be a diff, different thought there. You know, wow. you get to sleep in on Thursday. All right. So, and we cannot, you know, talk about March Madness without talking about the, the hoops and hops here at the Cosmopolitan, as we know. Just a fantastic event each and every year. And I know that uh, you guys are, are, are probably being very, very cautious and careful and, uh, about that. Uh, yeah. I, I, we hope it happens, but I understand you know, why it wouldn't happen. And uh, I know things obviously you know, didn't happen last year because of the, uh, you know, the cancellation of the tournament. But uh, it's, again, when we, when we talk about March Madness, we love those weekends. We love the OV contest, but man, uh, hoops and hops. Hoops and the hops. Best. It's the second best. to none. It's it's yeah. one of the great things we do here at the Cosmopolitan. Uh, unfortunately, based on the current restrictions, we are not going to be able to do it again this year. Mm. Uh, but we're going to have a great time. Mm. We're going to open up our venues, the barbershop and Click and uh, Holsteins and anywhere else that's showing mm. the, the basketball games because uh, it's too much fun. Uh, we'll do it safely. Uh, and maybe our restrictions will free up a little bit by then. But uh, uh, right now, uh, we're really excited because... Uh, you know, it's another big event. Super Bowl this weekend is going to be fantastic. Uh, there's nothing like Las Vegas. There's nothing like the Cosmopolitan when it hosts big events. So uh, really excited for Super Bowl. And we'll hopefully learn about, a lot about that when we start talking about March Madness. Yeah, later on. absolutely correct. And, you know, listeners right now, they, they're saying, what, I can actually get a haircut while I'm watching March Madness or the Super Bowl? Absolutely. We talk about the barbershop? Of course, of course. The barbershop <laughs> is, uh, uh, well, you can only get about 30 people in there now with the current restrictions. Right. But we are opening it. Yeah. So, and, and so uh, people, they, they know, yes, it is a legitimate old school barbershop however you go through that door and you've got yourself a a beautiful uh, a beautiful like lounge speakeasy, or, yeah. speakeasy you got a yeah. speakeasy in there uh, stage live bands here on the weekends uh yeah, great stuff as well. The too. barbershop's a fun, fun yeah. venue. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great screen that comes down for sporting events. And, uh, again, we have different – we can only have 25% occupancy yes. in there. So uh, uh, tables are going fast, but it'll be a lot of fun. So if you can only have 25% at all these places, I mean, uh, how many can we get in the ghost donkey then? Uh, ghost donkey remains closed. Yeah, that's, yeah it remains closed. That's, that's it's too confined. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. we hope to get Thanks. ghost donkey because it is a, it's a treat. <laughs> it's a treat to get in there. But there's only 27 seats, and it's just not a safe yeah. environment right now to open. So Frank, you would love enough. the ghost donkey, Frank, because uh, the signature there is nachos and tequila. There you go. You down for that? Give it a shot, I guess. Yeah. I <laughs> give, it shot. Before, so. <laughs> give it a shot. Give it a shot. But back, back to AJ. It's great right. to see him here. Uh, Opportunity Village, if, if people are here in Las Vegas, uh, there's, it's second to none in the country when it comes yeah. to uh, helping uh, those in the, in the community with uh, disabilities. And uh, uh, it's, it's really a special place for Las Vegas. It's our favorite charity. And uh, uh, I know that it's been a, a struggle during the pandemic. To get people there to see it and to uh, to to, uh, to donate to OV, but uh, still very the, the, one of the one of the greatest places you'll ever see, and highly recommend going to see one of the campuses uh, yeah. when it's safe to get there and get tours. Yeah. You got it. Thank you for the support, and we're getting it done with everybody getting involved, helping adults with disabilities. Yep, yep. absolutely. And again, you know, kudos to both of you guys for you know running the ship for your uh, respective you know places here at the Cosmopolitan, and of course Opportunity Village, getting through this with the pandemic. And I know. Uh, how safe you guys have been and I know how conscious you are about you know your employees and, and making sure that people 
for the most part, you know, have gotten to, to keep their jobs and that sort of thing, which a lot of times people don't talk about, you know, during, during this pandemic. And we know that it's a very touchy situation. It's a very touchy subject, uh, especially when it come to, comes to employment. Uh, but, you know, like with the Cosmopolitan, you guys have, have you know, plugged through this thing and, and been very smart and safe about it. And same thing, you know, as you know, uh, Adam, a, a lot of charitable, you know, um, organizations cannot function when we have times like this, but you guys have been able uh, to survive and, and do it very, very well. Yeah, it takes a community, TC and Brian, and Ballpark to get through this, and it's just great to see how everybody's come together. And as an organization, uh, we've moved from we're going to get through this to we are getting through this. Right. So there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm proud of the work that goes on, but it's the people, TC, that want to make a difference. No doubt about it. All right, Adam Joseph joins us from Opportunity Village. Okay, so, uh, of course, you are involved in our our uh, our picks that we have uh, on our website. You had, you had a fantastic year as well, too, as we talked about. So let's get some thoughts uh, from you real quick here while we have you here. Chiefs and uh, Buccaneers, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We're about nine days away. The Chiefs are sitting at a three-point favorite, minus 120 if you like the Chiefs. Uh, even money if you like the Buccaneers, the total, sitting at 56.5. This uh, thing opened at three, went up to 3.5. The total went up to 57.5, starting to come down a little bit. Remember, these two teams met earlier in the season, back on November the 29th in week 13. Uh, the Chiefs defeated the Buccaneers 27-24, guys. And if you remember, if you, that that is the game where Tyreek Hill went crazy. Tyreek Hill just went off in that game. He had 269 yards, uh, 13 catches. Travis Kelsey had eight catches for 82 yards. Patrick Mahomes was 37 of 49 for 462 yards, but they only won by three. And if we remember how this game unfolded, the Chiefs got out to a 17-0 lead in the first quarter. I mean, you just couldn't stop them. And it had those makings of, remember when Tampa Bay played uh, the Saints? And, but in this game, uh, Kansas City took their, 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 their foot off the gas a little bit. And uh, Tom Brady, he had a pretty good day himself. So I think there's a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement. But a lot of people, you know, let's remember, this is a rematch from a very competitive game that we saw early on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I haven't made my bet on my William Hill app yet. But let me tell you where my lean is, guys. You have to give respect to Tom Brady. Look what he did against Green Bay and that team. Three interceptions, still won the game. Defense paralyzed uh, Rodgers and that offense. So to me, my lean right now is on Tampa Bay plus those points. And I might put a little bit on that money line too. I really think it's going to come down. Can the defensive line of Tampa Bay get in there and disrupt Mahomes? If they can do that, guys, they're going to cover the number. They might win the game. I, I agree. I mean, we haven't seen many people really, uh, you know, make Mahomes make a, a lot of mistakes. But that Tampa Bay defensive line, they got to Aaron Rodgers. And when you look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensively did to Rodgers last week with five sacks and then six sacks earlier on when they met in week six, and you just wonder, okay, this, is Tampa Bay really that good, especially on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, you know, again, they're, they're, they're tops against the run. Or is it that they just had Green Bay's number? Because, again, we have seen Tampa during the course of the, this season where they, you know, they haven't beaten a whole bunch of teams with winning records, but they stepped up big time. That opener against Washington, I think a lot of people were saying, okay, this isn't going to be long-lived because they didn't look that impressive against Washington. But sure enough, they went in and took care of business against the Saints and Drew Brees, and then they backed it up again against Rodgers and, and the Packers. So, I mean, this team right now, they've won seven in a row. Uh, on the road. They've been fantastic and now they're getting a home game. So I think there's a lot of intrigue and you can make a case that uh, the Buccaneers are a live dog. Yeah, I, I've been a naysayer for the Buccaneers. They have not looked great. Uh, he threw those three consecutive interceptions. I thought, okay, this is over. I think that the coaching against them last week was pathetic. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay, I, I don't know how you don't guard anybody down the field before the half. They score that, that late touchdown, then the fumble and, the, and, and another one. Then they go for two inexplicably when they didn't need to, uh, and then not going for it and kicking a field goal late. It just they made a lot of errors. It was like they were playing scared after after that. Uh, to me, Tampa doesn't look that great. They look beatable. They look injured in the backfield in their defensive backfield, which is a dangerous thing to be, you know, to not be to not not have strength. And uh, you know, Mahomes got out to that quick lead last time, and and. Like KC did really for 10 weeks, they just took their foot off the gas and let teams get back. If they do that again, Tom Brady's too skilled 
to allow him in there. So, you know, being the last game of the year, maybe they can get a lead and blow a team out. But I don't know. Uh, it seems like this Tampa team might be blessed the way they're playing because they have not looked great in any of their games, I don't think. But they keep winning. And it's hard to go against Tom Brady specifically in the playoffs and especially the Super Bowl. Yeah. So there you go. Well, and it's interesting, too, because uh, you mentioned the injuries, and certainly Tampa Bay's uh, defensive backfield was beat up in that game. And I know a lot of people don't like the two weeks between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, but the one thing that I do like about it is it does give teams a chance to get healthier. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe some guys that if the game was this Sunday would maybe not be playing or they wouldn't be at 100%, not that anybody's really at 100% at this time of the year, mm -hmm. but by next Sunday, a week from this Sunday, we should see the teams about as healthy as you can expect them to be. So I think that lends itself to maybe a little bit of a better game, you know, more healthy players out there. And certainly with Arians on one sideline, and we know what Andy Reid does with extra time, I think the coaches get a better shot at it too. So that's the one thing that I do like about the two weeks between the championships and the Super Bowl because it does give you the opportunity anyhow to maybe see a better game and the best game because I don't know about you guys, but I always want to see the best players in the world in any of the sports playing at their top level. And if they're healthy, they can obviously play better. Yeah, and it's got to help Mahomes. Uh, you know, he's got that turf toe he's dealing with. Uh, his, his head should clear up in a couple weeks. So uh, I think you're going to see a healthy team and ready to go. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they're an offensive machine. And we, and we talk about the two weeks. We know what Andy Reid's record is coming off a of bye week. Okay, We know it during the regular season. Then we saw it in the first round of the playoffs. They were rested. They took care of business. And they've been rolling ever since. So here's another situation where the Chiefs are going to have that bye week. And you, you wonder, what kind of game do we get when we have this, uh, you know, this, this two weeks in between? I mean, you're used to basically playing every week, and especially you're in that mode, uh, of course, during the postseason as well, too. And we have seen some Super Bowls that have started off very, very slowly, and we go back you know, just, uh, you, know, you know, last year's Super Bowl, and a lot, it, was, it was a snore fest. It, it really, really was. And I don't know, guys, if, you know, if I'm a fan of, of the two weeks or, or, or not. And um, I don't know, you can, you can make that argument that, hey, you get everyone rested. But then again, I mean, people are losing momentum. Not only just the players, the teams, but maybe even from a fan's standpoint again. Because everyone is itching just to get to the window, bet, watch the, this Super Bowl, and you got to wait. And, of course, it'll ramp up, you know, towards the end of next week. But, again, not sure how I really feel about the, the, this extra week. And it's, you know, the NFL toyed with this a while back, if you remember, where they went away from it. Then they brought it back again. And I guess, you know, the reason being, just want to extend the season as, as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the word momentum, and that's key. And, you know, in COVID, really things have slowed. Now it's slowing even more. So, right. TC, guys, this is what, uh, what I really believe. It's going to come down to can Tampa Bay's defense stop that speed? You know, if Mahomes gets out there, watch out. Anything can happen. But also, you know, the old adage is this game could come down to who has the ball last. You have two elite quarterbacks, two great offenses, anything can happen. But right now, guys, my lean is still with Tampa Bay. I think there's some good value there. If you get that hook at three and a half, I can pretty much guarantee you that's where I'm going to be. TC, I think the two weeks helps the defense mm -hmm. in their preparation. Uh, one week might be a little tricky, especially if you're not going to be using the, the guys that are normally out there. Two weeks, they pretty much know what the offense is going to run. There's no surprises out there. And so maybe that's why we get a slower first half in a game because they're, they're prepared for them and they, and they know what they're going to see. Um, you know, and, and I agree with AJ. It comes down to uh, do they have enough ability to stop all those weapons that Casey can throw at him. Last week you mentioned that and you didn't think Buffalo did and they didn't. Buffalo, right. I mean Kelsey every time you turned around he was open and if it yeah. wasn't for him Hill was open. So uh, there's just there's just so much and now they have the running back back. Back back, that's good to back, say. Back, good. back, yeah, back yeah, for, yeah. Uh, for, for uh, uh, KC. Mm -hmm. So I, it, it to, to me I, I agree it comes down to are they prepared? Can they come up with that turnover? They did against uh, real good turnovers right before the half, that interception, and then that fumble, at the big talking in the second half. Those were huge turnovers in that game. They did it against uh, New Orleans. Does that trend continue? Uh, if Casey protects the ball, they're going to be awfully tough, though. And that's what Kansas City normally does. They do protect the ball. They do a, a great job of that. Like I said, we talk about Tyreek Hill, what he did. 
talk about what Kelsey did. And again, you, you figure that they're going to make some adjustments with Tampa, but I don't know how many adjustments you can make because not only those two guys, but then you put Hardman in, in, in the mix. Sammy Watkins is going to be back as well, too. And then when you look at the, the running back, hey, Williams has been nice. Le'Veon Bell is going to be back healthy. Oh, by the way, forgot about Antonio Brown. He's going to be back, and he's going to be healthy. There are just too many weapons, and we've seen the Chiefs be able to turn it on and turn it off. But what we've seen, even against Cleveland, and specifically last week against Buffalo, uh, they have turned it on, and they haven't turned the ball over. And uh, like you said, I, I think you know with, with Mahomes, the, the turf toe is not going to be an issue at all. So... I, Again, but Tampa has, has impressed me. I mean, they have impressed me on, on the defensive side of the ball. But here's where, where I'm worried about Tampa Bay. It's the secondary, okay? The front seven is, is rock solid. We, we know what that defensive line can do, and they can stuff the run. But Mahomes just has too many weapons. He can tuck it himself and go. You know, he can hit the backside of the uh, backfield. He can send Tyreek Hill deep. And you got Kelsey, just a weapon all over the place. For, for me, it's just... Are they going to be able to cover those guys? You know, uh, and they literally could not do it because it, that score a little misleading, 27-24. It seems like if Kansas City wanted to, uh, they could have scored 50 points that day. I mean, Mahomes had 462 yards. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, you know, Kelsey is in beast mode right now. But to me, the coming out party, what can Gronk do and where do they put him into the, into the play calling? Yeah. I mean, in the last game he had one or two stellar plays, which you could say made a difference. He really is going to have to shine. It'll be interesting to see, does Brady fold him in a little bit more? And you mentioned Antonio Brown back. How do, he's pretty hard to stop, too. So, you know, guys, there's weapons on both sides. I think this is lining up to be one heck of a matchup. I think the ratings are going to be through the roof. I mean, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. And, and hopefully, like, like you mentioned earlier, COVID doesn't, you know, raise its ugly head here. And these teams, they're able to stay healthy in these next uh, week so we could see their elite athletes on the field. Kelsey's an amazing athlete to me. Yeah. Uh, during the game, the announcer said he's dropped two balls all year. Right. Two. Right. Two. Right. I mean, the guys had to have 140 balls thrown to him. That, yeah. is, that is fascinating because, I mean, he's in there in the, in the gritty spots mm -hmm. trying to make these catches. And that's pretty darn impressive. I can't remember the last time that we've had matchups like this in, in the weapons on both sides. Like you said, arguably you got two of the best tight ends that the game has seen in such a long time, and one on each team. I mean, everyone knows what, what Gronk can do, and then in Kelsey, of course. And then the offensive weapons, like we said, you know, when you look at it to Mike Evans and Antonio Brown for Tampa Bay, and then the other side you've got, you know, Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins and, and Hardman, this and that. And then, of course, you got Mahomes and you got Brady. I mean, you've got basically the present and you got the future. So this is such an intriguing Super Bowl, and for that reason alone, Adam, and because we have a, a low number here, I got to believe that we are going to see a record betting handle. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, taking you know Green Bay out of this equation, which because we we knew going into that game last week they were on fire and you couldn't stop them. And guess what happened, guys? Tampa Bay stopped them. So you know, I think you can make the argument: Are the two best teams playing in the Super Bowl? Possibly. Obviously, I think everybody would have loved to see Green Bay matchup. I mean, that that uh, would have been epic. But I think we're still going to be in for a wonderful game, guys. Right. And I think what Tampa offers, what Green Bay doesn't, is that uh, versatility that I talked about where they, they can hit you from so many angles. And Tampa Bay does have a better defense than the Packers. And you can make your argument about Brady versus Rodgers. But when you look at the, you know, the, the running backs, probably pretty similar. But the wide receivers... You know, maybe slight edge uh, to Tampa, but defensively, def definitely slight edge to Tampa. So, yeah, I think we could say that the two best teams, and again, you know, the story here is Tom Brady at 43 years old coming back, and this is why he came back. And then he brought Gronk with him, and then he reached out to Antonio Brown and talked Bruce Arians into, hey, you know, let's give this guy another shot. And uh, for the most part, you know, these, these guys have, have done well. And we haven't seen a washed-up, Brady, we haven't seen a washed-up Gronk. We haven't seen that. If anything, we're starting to see these guys really escalate toward, you know, down the stretch here. There was a period in the third quarter you saw washed-up Brady when he threw those <laughs> balls up for grabs and they were intercepted. That's far none. But he gutted it out and he turned it around and he found Gronk in the fourth quarter. Right. But Brady did not look good on three consecutive possessions. He, didn't. he got away with throwing that ball up for grabs in the first half. Yeah. They made adjustments, Green Bay. And, but they just couldn't get there. Yeah. And, and the fact is, Tampa's won three games on the road. 
That's not easy. And there was a, you know, what they said was a small crowd was making a lot of noise in Green Bay. Right. Uh, and they were looking forward to that, and they went and they won the game. And again, uh, Green Bay's coaching was pathetic. I mean, that, that's inexcusable decisions there, and it cost them. And it came back where they just had not enough time to come back in that game. So, uh, you know, Brady, is he washed up? Maybe. Drew Brees sure looked washed up on that last game. It'll have to be KC making him leave the field, not him just yeah. doing it on his own. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because we've talked so much about the weapons on both sides with Kansas City and all their weapons, and then Tom Brady, and he has weapons now in Tampa Bay. But the thing in that game, the three interceptions ended up not costing them. They found a way to win that game. This game here, when you look at both sides and how offensively explosive they can be, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if it was a turnover or a special teams play or something that does end up deciding it. Or like Adam said earlier, you know, if it is just a team with the last, you know, the last possession of the game. That's what Green Bay was counting on last week. They were counting on, we'll kick the field goal and then we're going to get the ball back again. But it was a very risky gamble and it certainly didn't pay off for them. You don't want Brady having the ball at the end of the game. You don't want Mahomes having it at the end of the game. <laughs> One of them's going to have it at the end of the game. Right. You got Aaron Rodgers and you're on the eight-yard line. Is that where they were? Eight-yard line. Fourth down, one play. I'm letting him try to score. I'm not kicking that field okay. goal. That's insane. So I'll play That's devil. poor. I'll play devil's advocate with you. Okay. What they do yeah. on first down, second down, and third down of that drive? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They score. didn't gain a yard. They didn't score, but I'm going to try to score it. Okay. Did they get the ball back, TC? They but did not. They, which I, I thought they were going to because with four timeouts left, their three timeouts and the two-minute warning, I thought they would get it back. Matt Lafleur thought they were they were going to get it back as well too. But again, I mean, we know how tough it is on a two-point conversion, right, guys? I mean, it's less than 25%. But you were at the eight-yard line? He shouldn't have been there for You're the two-point conversion, I, I, even as a I, chance if yeah, he would have kicked I, the point earlier. Well, I, I, that is true. I totally agree. But let's go back to first down, second down, third down. Rodgers forcing that ball into coverage. And why didn't he take off? I mean, Aaron Rodgers with his legs, he could have done it on second down. He certainly could have done it on third down. But he said, oh, I felt they were closing in on me, so I couldn't do it. But I guess my point is here, I kind of felt like Matt LaFleur. They're not scoring a touchdown because... I'd rather on, pin them down there down eight personally. Well, that's true. I mean, I mean down they, eight, I, I, and they got it, you know, right? That, that's, that, that's a valid it, argument as well. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got weapons galore. You're the best team. You're at home. Okay. Go win the game. But you still, Don't kick a field goal and try to get it back. But you still need a touchdown to get the ball back and the two-point conversion. That's yeah, okay. You know, you, you, you got to do it. Yes, it's tough. But a field goal puts you down five. I mean, come on. Hey, what, what's fourth that and goal do? at the eight. I mean, if you're going to the window, fourth and goal at the eight. What's, what's, what are the odds for that? I'm betting. If a two-point conversion Aaron, Aaron from the Rogers, two is less than twenty-five percent, it's, it's probably about six percent, maybe five percent. I agree with Brian. I thought they should have gone for yeah. it, but I do find it amazing, and I wonder if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. Why Lafleur is getting all the hype for this when, like you've mentioned, and we've talked about all week long. Mm. Rodgers had a wide-open lane. He might have got in the end zone, but if he dives for it, he could have maybe got, even got the touchdown. But he certainly could have got down to at least the two- or three-yard right. line. That's a whole and different then, yeah, argument. Then yeah. fourth and goal from the two or three, yeah. that gives you so many different options. Yeah. That, But he tried to force the ball into double coverage. He didn't take what the defense gave him. A guy who isn't the greatest runner in the world, but certainly knows how to make big plays with his legs. And nobody, I mean nobody's throwing Rodgers under the bus for the bad decision he made to make it that much tougher. And like you said, TC, and I, I think this is what LaFleur saw. He saw them not get a yard. He saw his quarterback hesitate and not make a move. And he said, let's kick the field goal now. I don't think it was the right decision. But Rodgers could have made that decision a whole lot easier if he would have done the right thing on third down. Right. And which we've seen him do repeatedly in his career for over a decade, and, and even this year. So people think, well, you know, he's 37, you know, but no, he he could still move with his legs. And if you watch that playback, I mean, I agree, he might have gotten in the end zone, but I'm telling you, he's within the five. He is getting within the five yard line. Hundred percent. A lot of QBs pull up and try to make the play with their arm instead of with their legs. Right. He he made the wrong call at that time, yeah. and you can't fault him. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's a Hall of Famer. Gear up, get a play, and go score the next play. That yeah. just—it's embarrassing. To me, it was embarrassing. I started laughing. I go, they're never going to get the ball back. I looked at my son. I go, they're never going to get the ball back. We should just leave. Oh, I, I loved it. When, I loved it when they made the decision yeah. to kick it. Yeah. But, but I don't care if he's a Hall of Famer. He yeah. still made a mistake, and Hall of Famers should have to atone yeah. or, or answer when they make a mistake as well. Right. But with with two minutes and five seconds to go, with four timeouts. And you know Tampa Bay is going to be conservative. You're thinking you're going to get the ball. It's not like they just could hold, you know, 
they have one first down, the game's over. Tampa Bay need to get at least two first downs to seal the deal. And what happened? Yeah, you're right. Tampa Bay ran, ran eight plays. The Packers never got the ball back. But th that's point in time, too. you got to say, defense, it's time for you to lock down here, especially when you know they're not going to go downfield. They're going to go dink and dunk short, or they're going to run the ball up the middle, which they did, and the Packers still couldn't stop that. And at some point in time, it gets back to the defense. The defense has got to step up and make a stop. So, well, that, that's what LaFleur thought they'd do. But, yeah, they, you know, I, I don't give the ball to Tom Brady in that offense when I got my offense on the field at the eight-yard line. I just right. don't do it. I understand. All right, there it is. Great talking points. All right, AJ. I'm, I'm just glad they did. <laughs> yeah. A Bears fan here was <laughs> like, oh, good. Yeah, way to go, LaFleur. Yeah. We're, Coach Jay, of the year. Jay Schrader's not here today. He'd say, way to go, Bear. There you yeah. go. All right. Adam, we appreciate you stopping by today, man. We know you're busy. You're rolling around here. We appreciate you stopping by. And, again, uh, we're, we look forward to the Super Bowl uh, next week and everything you're doing at Opportunity Village. You and the entire staff over there, fantastic. And it was a privilege, again, to be involved in Picks for OV on the football side. We're looking forward to getting involved again with uh, the hoops. Anytime you can get me out of the office, come down here mid-strip, hang out the Cosmetology on a Friday afternoon, you know I have my support. Visit picksforov.com, sign up for Hoops Hoopla today. All right, and congratulations again to uh, uh, Jen Jennifer Romas. Romas for and the star of the sexy show at the uh, Westgate. we got to go check out that show, too, from what I understand, right? I believe we have VIP tickets waiting for us. Look at this. Okay. Well, well, well she certainly had the sexy picks all season long. She did? She was over 60%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So good for Jennifer. And got a chance to meet her at OV last week. Very nice lady. Fantastic. But she kind of did hint that she had a little help, too. So... But there's nothing wrong with that, I guess, right? She submitted the winners. She's 60%. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Exactly. Yeah. Very nice. All right, we come back. We talk a little VGK, a lot of news surrounding the Golden Knights. We'll get you updated on all, all that. We are live at the Cosmopolitan. It's the T.C. Martin Show on a Friday. Now, back to more of Las Vegas' favorite sports madman, the Dr. T.C. Martin. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this Friday, we are in the luxurious sportsbook powered by William Hill. And that's a great reminder to get the William Hill mobile app. If you don't have it yet, now is the time to definitely do that. It's so simple to do. Download it on your phone. And then when you come to any of the William Hill properties, specifically here at the Cosmopolitan, deposit at least $50 into your new account. Boom! They will grant you an additional 50. You got to use the promo code TC50. Use that promo code. And again, when you deposit at least $50, they will give you an additional 50. That's right. Free money to play with. Use the promo code TC50 at any of the William Hill sports books. All right. TC Martin, Brian Benowitz, Ballpark Frank. I want to thank Adam Joseph for joining this last segment. Rob Van Dam. RVD's in the house. He's going to be joining us here uh, at the top of the hour. Double B, hopefully your shoulder's feeling good. We might get a little CBD oil. Ready to give it another shot, aren't you? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Bring it on. There you go. Bring it on. <laughs> I love it. Numbchuck here. He's a, he, he went out and exercised all night last night just so he can you know, give him an excuse to use the, uh, the CBD oil. So there you go. That's a, All right. So, yeah, RVD, wrestling superstar. He is in the house, and he'll join us here uh, next hour, so hang tight for that. All right, guys, uh, Vegas Golden Knights news. We know last night's game was canceled. Uh, the Golden Knights had to play Tuesday's game, um, uh, Tuesday night, without uh, their head coach, without a coaching staff, period, as Jim Kelly McCrimmon had to uh, coach that game. Uh, he's 0-1 professionally now uh, as a head coach. Well, he's 0-0-1. 0-0-1. That's a good point. Good point. That's right. They yeah, you get the point. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was the best game of the year for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, the way they flowed. Uh, a couple of mistakes, which was probably coach-related on the, the too many men on the ice uh, and just not being prepared. But uh, Vegas, really, they moved the puck very, very well. Uh, they hit, I want to say, seven, maybe eight posts during the game. Uh, Pacioretty got a hat trick. Uh, Leonard was really soft in the net. He really didn't play well. When it gets to the shootout, he is not good. He is last in, uh, I think, every category when it comes to a shootout. But the Vegas Golden Knights kept playing hard and came from behind and, and forced a, uh, a tie uh, and, and played really well in overtime, could have got the win, and then, of course, came up a little short in the uh, shootout when the, the puck kind of slipped off of uh, Alex Tuck's stick as he tried to bring it from backhand right. to forehand. But overall, I thought the Knights looked fantastic in that game. 
Yeah, and you know, St. Louis uh, looked to be in control of that game uh, for a while, and again, they ended up, you know, getting the victory. But uh, it was one of those back and forth games. It was a very exciting game. That again, for being there in an empty arena, it was it was probably the the most exciting that it possibly could been. Uh, and and again, uh, you know, any, anytime you see. Uh, a game go 4-4 into, into OT, and then it gets to shootout. Uh, yeah, very entertaining. And I thought, okay, we're going to have another great matchup coming last night, and then we get the word that last night's game uh, was canceled because of, uh, you know, the, the the COVID, you know, rash there, whether it's uh, it, the Golden Knights really weren't telling us much. We had to kind of do some digging and hear from a, a lot of our our fellow uh, correspondents who, who covered the team as well, too. And we uh, found out Petrangelo, we believe, was uh, the one that was infected. And, and Frank and I were talking about this yesterday, that uh, Petrangelo, you know, for being, you know, with uh, the Blues for 12 years, winning the Cup, this is a big homecoming. He really didn't want to, you know, talk about this. He kind of wanted to get this game out of the way. And then we met, he wasn't even a factor in that game. So now you're wondering, okay, was this why he wasn't a factor? And then again, we heard it's one coach and it's one player. And then uh, they decided not to play the game last night. I think that was a little bit controversial for a lot of people as well, too, because they say, well, they played Tuesday. Shouldn't they play Thursday? Then, of course, you hear the argument of, well, should they even have played on Tuesday? So just like we have this conversation during college football, we've had it during you know college basketball and other sports as well, too. Should they be playing? Should they not be playing? And when we have instances like this, it just brings it to the forefront. Yeah, it's, it's a very hard thing, TC. Um, you, you watch it. The coaches are very interactive. They're right behind the players on there. Uh, you know, you watch it in the NFL. You watch it in hockey. You watch it in all these sports where the, they kind of dip their masks to talk, which seems like the wrong thing to do. Uh, but there could be a lot of contact tracing there that we don't know about. Uh, obviously, all the coaches are out, but... Uh, uh, and rumored that Petrangelo was showing symptoms, but that's always rumor. That's all that I, I had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's better to take uh, precautions and not play than to try to get everybody sick and, and, and really kind of ruin the whole season. If they could just take a step back uh, and maybe to do some makeup dates later. Um, and again, it may be flourishing further than we know. Yeah. Well, and again, remember too, I mean, the, the games have been postponed, so they didn't play it last night. And now there's uh, some stuff coming out. Our good friend Jesse Granger from The Athletic uh, reporting that the Golden Knights' two upcoming games against the Sharks February 1st and 3rd. And remember, they're playing down in Arizona right now right. because they can't play uh, in their home stadium. Uh, that those games are also going to be postponed. That's according to multiple sources. There's been no official word yet from the Golden Knights or the NHL. And then our friend Willie Ramirez uh, saying that uh, updated COVID list from the NHL shows no new Golden Knights, nor is there anyone from their next opponent which would have been San Jose. I mean, it would be San Jose if they right. play, obviously, would have been if they're not going to play. Uh, nor is there anyone from Arizona where the Sharks are hosting the home games and Vegas is scheduled to play next. Also, nobody from St. Louis has tested positive for COVID. So it looks like right now that there hasn't been any additional uh, people with it. Uh, there's no official word yet, but at this point, anyhow, multiple sources are saying that the games are going to be canceled. So you wonder if maybe San Jose is like, you know what, let's just get out of Arizona. Let's go back home because California's about to open up and maybe they'd rather play the games at home. Maybe the NHL is just saying, you know what, let's make sure that all the ducks are in a row before they go here. But if there's any positive news coming out, it looks like none of the teams involved, Arizona down there, San Jose, Vegas, or St. Louis, the team that they played, it looks like there's no additional cases with any of them. So that at least is a positive and hopefully a good sign for moving forward. Yeah, and for moving forward, I think that you could look at Dallas. Dallas skipped their first four games because they had a lot of people out either on contact tracing or or positive with 17 COVID. players. 17 players, and they've missed, I believe, their first four games, and they've come back 4-0. and So it's okay to take a pause and make sure everybody's healthy and get them right. You certainly don't want anybody playing out there and infecting anybody else. And I think uh, Carolina as well had some COVID issues, skipped a few games. They've come back 3-1. and Had a very thrilling one nothing win last night. I don't know if you got to see a piece of that. Uh, the goaltenders were fantastic against Tampa Bay, and uh, it was a, a, it's exciting a one nothing game as you could possibly see. So the Golden Knights uh, scheduled to play in Arizona against the Sharks Monday and Wednesday. Those games have been postponed. No makeup date with that, just like no makeup date for the game that was uh, postponed last night uh, as well against the Blues. And, uh, you know, you mentioned about the Sharks possibly, you know, wanting to get back home. I'm, I'm not sure when Santa Clara County is going to open up because that's the one county there in California 
that uh, they're very, very cautious. Yeah, they've uh, shut down everything. They've shut down everything there. Exactly. We saw the 49ers had to leave. And again, for the Sharks, I mean, just think about what they've had to do here. I mean, no, no, no home games, no home practicing. I mean, basically sequestered in Arizona uh, the entire time. And again, so now they're going to you know, have to, you know, wait and wait and wait like everybody else here. But uh, it's, a, it's a crazy season already. And I, I know that uh, a lot of people are thinking like, okay, we're, we're, we'll get through this. But this is going to be an ever-changing thing. And there are going to be NBA games that we've seen as well have already been postponed. And we're going to see more of that as well too. College basketball, we talk about it all the time too. I think if you look at the schedule, I think you mentioned this earlier, Brian, just look at the schedule just from last night. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch this game. No, I'm not. I'm going to watch this game yeah. in college basketball. No, I'm not. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's crazy, but I guess we should be used to it by now. Well, taking precaution and, and skipping those two games, it gets their, their next game on the 5th. That gets you a full week plus a day uh, beyond the, uh, the protocol. So that's pretty much what the CDC has been recommending, seven days plus one, uh, and then get people back. So uh, to me, it makes sense to not play against the Sharks uh, out of precaution. And, you know, maybe that's the right thing to do. Yes, and, and I was going to watch UCLA play last night. They didn't play. A couple days ago, I was going to watch Michigan play. Michigan has paused their entire winter sports team uh, in all regards because they've had that variance there. Uh, running rampant through the campus. So they, they, they've actually paused all sports when it comes to it. But, you know, I, I, it's just something we're going to have to uh, endure. Uh, but you don't want these athletes or the coaches putting themselves at jeopardy. So, you know, we'll root for the Knights come the 5th. All right. And speaking of which, we were just talking about it. News just came down that the San Jose Sharks have been approved to return to San Jose starting on February the 13th. Still oh. no fans will be allowed at their home games, of course, but uh, they, they are allowed to go back and play. So they figure February 13th, we're two weeks away from that. That's enough time. So. TC, who's allowing fans? Arizona and Dallas, I saw. There was one other team. Who's, who else is allowing fans? Um, is it, it's not Carolina. It's somewhere down, it's down south, isn't it? Uh, I don't Florida. Know. I mean, you'd think Florida. They allow yeah. everything. But, yeah. uh, but I don't know who wants to go to those games. Well, just like Arizona, for that matter. Yeah, Florida's right. gone off to a pretty good start, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, as far as just pure hockey. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I know there are the three teams, and that was that's one of the things that was kind of weird in Arizona because San Jose could also have fans down there, but of course they couldn't if they if they would have been playing up in San Jose. So we'll see how that plays out. But it's also interesting to note, too, because remember, when you're talking about the San Jose Sharks, there's also a connection because their AHL club, the Barracudas, also play in the same arena, in, in their same arena where the Sharks play in the SAP right. Center there, and that's the team that's playing the Vegas, the, the excuse me, the Henderson Silver Knights. So, you know, so there's that connection coming from San Jose again for the AHL club as well, and now we uh, hear that the Silver Knights, who will make their debut in an exhibition game against the Barracudas tonight, their coaching staff is still, you know, they're doing discretion the better part of valor, so their coaching staff will not be there. Derek England, former Vegas Golden Knight player, famous Las Vegas Wrangler player for that matter, yeah. will be behind the bench tonight yeah. for the Silver Knights. That other team, by the way, the uh, Predators. Oh, the Predators. The Predators yeah. will allow fans. Tennessee's allowing it. It's, just, it's strange that they yeah. are, but, I mean, there's just yeah. a handful of people. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like they are fairly spaced out when we, we played Arizona. Right. Uh, but there's some weird stuff. The Jets, as you know, you, our beloved Winnipeg Jets, yes. just traded. Uh, my, my, my second team over the last couple of years, yes. They, they traded away their superstar, uh, Patrick Liney and, and, and Ross Levick as well. And then they get Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's now in quarantine. So he's in quarantine for up to two weeks. Like he can miss a, he can miss seven games right. for the Jets uh, until he's actually able to play, and that's the rule in Manitoba. So uh, it's just there's some just difficult things to deal with. It's hard to keep track of all this. Well, and the flip side of that is Line is also going to be quarantined before he's allowed to join the Blue Jets. I think Line is still hurt because Roskilevic did play last night. Okay. So Line was actually injured. I thought he wasn't because they put him on the IR, which was kind of goofy after having that great first game. But he has not played yet. But Roskovich was in there, so. Uh, I don't believe it's a quarantine issue for Columbus. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see Line A playing with John Tortorella as the coach be, be, because you don't know what to make because Tortorella likes guys that play offense and defense, and that has been de definitely one of the knocks on Line A. He doesn't play defense. He's a goal scorer, and that's pretty much up to this point of his career all that he's been. Well, he's been a sniper, but I'll tell you what. He dropped the gloves in game one. Uh, to support his teammate, and he's improved a lot in his passing. Uh, he could still play more of a 200-foot uh, game. He has not played uh, exceptionally on defense, and he does never participates in the penalty kill. So, uh, but what what he does do 
is he's instant offense. The guy scored five goals in a game. I can't remember the last time anybody scored five goals in a game, uh, just as recently as last year. And uh, he's as good as Ovechkin at that dot when it comes to the power play. So, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's something you just can't uh, replace on your team. Uh, Dubois brings a little bit more of a complete player, but not the scoring punch. Teams that are allowing fans, uh, Arizona, Dallas, Florida, Nashville, in St. Louis. Okay. So those are the teams that. So there's more. Okay, so than then just two the other ones have been added to that list because there was only three as right. of like a week ago. Yeah. Right. Right. So there you go, uh, Brian. You, you talked a little bit about um, uh, Leonard being soft uh, the other night in that game uh, you know, Tuesday night. Of course, that'll bring us back to the the debate. Uh, you know, the 50-50 split that Peter DeBoer had said. Hey, between Mark Andre Fleury and Peter DeBoer, and again. Uh, Leonard started uh, the season in game number one as their number one, you know, goaltender. Then Flurry went the uh, even game numbers, two, four, and six. Uh, who do you think has been the, has looked the better? Well, Flurry's think, think, obviously yeah. looked better. Yeah. Uh, um, Leonard had looked slow. He looks slow. He looks like he may not be in that game shape. I think that uh, not having a true camp or uh, uh, the preseason uh, has hurt himself, and he has he's still recovering from a shoulder injury. So he's got a lot to work in. He's more of a positional goalie. They're totally different when you watch him. He's, he's usually very positionally sound and uses that big body to help him out. Uh, he's been a little slow to get there. Flurry's just the epic athlete out there. He does uh, all kinds of great things with the puck. He can play the puck a lot better, uh, but he takes a lot more risks. You saw it when, when uh, Leonard tried to do that poke check after mm-hmm. Petrangelo kind of fell and the guy had the thing. That was where Fleury would have taken that stride out and just knocked that puck away. He went to do it. He was tentative, and the guy put it right over his shoulder, and that made the game, I believe, 4-2 to two at the time. Right. And the other thing about Leonard, too, uh, I agree with you. He, was, he gave up some soft goals in the game, mostly in the first period. He got better as the game went along. He made some really big saves in the third, and that overtime was one of the most exciting overtimes I've seen, especially for an overtime where neither team did score. Both teams had multiple chances back and forth, up and down. But, yeah, for whatever reason, and we discussed this as well, and, Brian, I want to get your thoughts on it because it seems like when Leonard's in the game, a breakaway or an odd man rush or something, he's pretty good at him. He can make the saves. But in the overtime, or, or excuse me, in the shootout, when he knows that there's going to be that shooter there and he's standing there by himself and he starts thinking about it and it's not in the flow of the game, he's downright horrific. I mean, by yeah. his own admission, in Chicago, there was even talk of putting Corey Crawford in if they went to a shootout in the games that Leonard was playing. And Leonard said that he wouldn't necessarily have been upset if that would have happened because he knows he's not good. When you're mentally in the game and the game is flowing, he can make those stops. But when he sees the guy out there and he sees the puck sitting there and he overthinks it, I don't know if he thinks, am I going to be fast enough? What moves is he going to do if he overthinks it or whatever? But it's a complete 180 from game situation to the shootout. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in his head, the shootout. Uh, you know, generally the goalies have a great opportunity to shoot out because the ice isn't in great shape. Uh, and, and they got a lot of time to look at it, nothing else distracting them. It's all in his head there because he got beat bad on the two goals right. that they got in. And, uh, you know, hopefully he improves at that and can get past it. He was not sharp in that game. He played a little better in the third and overtime. But the Vegas goal, the Knights really played well in front of him and really moved the puck around. I want to say it was... 80 shot attempts to 40. I mean, it was it no. was really <laughs> great puck control by the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think it was actually almost 90 shot attempts that oh, Vegas really? had yeah. with all the posts yeah. and the crossbars right. and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was in, it was insane how offensively Vegas looked like they were rolling. But and, and again, you got to give it up to Bennington a little bit. He made some of the saves in that. And I know people complain about the posts and the crossbars. That's part of the goalie equipment as well when you do it right. But yeah. um, it but happens. yeah, offensively. The, the better goalie in that game is what won the game for them, ultimately, Bennington. Yeah, Bennington was very good. And even when he got beaten, he, he thought that puck that Tuck, when Tuck looked very good, by the way, he made a great swoop move in there, beat him with the, with the backhand through the five hole. Bennington threw his head up, and it went off the post and then back out. So, you know, these things do happen. It just It's one of those games that, hey, we got a point. And in this season, one point is very important. You yeah. don't want to you don't want to get these teams, especially a team like St. Louis or Colorado, who you're really going to be playing hard for, for that one, two, three spot. You want to make sure you get a point in the game. So, at the end of the day, five, one, and one. I think we would have all said right now, hey, after six games, you want to be five, one, and one. We would have gone, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Do you think we would get to the point where we would see 
Marc-Andre Fleury Inter, like Frank talked about, that, you know, the Crawford situation, you know, possibly coming up in Chicago when he was there. Could, could that, because for me, you, you, it, it seems very, very odd, very, very strange that a guy that basically has been sitting, you know, for two and a half hours that they would go ahead and say, okay, you go in now. And uh, it just, we, we, you don't see that. I would say no. Yeah. I would say that won't happen. Uh, my son brought up the exact same thing. Yeah. He goes, do they put Flurry in? I go, he's cold. Right. There's and no way you put him out there right now. You go, you roll the dice with who you got out there. Yeah. And uh, it But wasn't, if it wasn't this enough. is a pattern, which we've seen with Leonard, then well, he's, I think you actually he's dead have to last at least in think st- about statistics. He's yeah. dead last. I mean, if you know going into a shootout, like, oh, my God, we're, we're done. I mean, we're basically 80%. We have, we have 20% shot to, uh, to get this thing done. I mean, we can't rely on our, our number one goaltender. Well, let's go score three goals. I don't put yeah. Flurry in that situation. I don't think it's fair to Flurry. No, I don't think, I don't think you can see it either, but, fair, I mean, there is, I think it's, it's almost valid discussion when you see, again, the difference in how bad he is when it comes to shootout opportunities. What's crazy is how bad Subban was. And he was, a, he was right. not a great goalie. He was exceptional in the shootout. I mean, because he was insanely athletic and he could get to anything. I don't even know if he let in a shootout goal. And wouldn't you say that's just lack, lack of focus, lack of concentration, and just in, in nerves? That's what, it, that's what it shows me. I, I don't know. I mean, because, you know, I watched Subban uh, have the worst glove hand in the league yeah. out there. He couldn't stop anything. He couldn't track the puck. Yeah. But when it came to a shootout, he rested himself and got things done. So yeah. it's just a different thing. And, yeah. and I think you got to, if your goalie got you into that shootout, you got to go with the goalie yeah. who's on the ice. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the funny thing is that the closer that Subban got, the closer he got to him, the better he was. He would give up, like you said, the glove side and the long things. By the way, the Golden Knights just did officially send the release. The games against San Jose have been postponed. They will be made up at a later date in San Jose. The Golden Knights, um, due to precautionary reasons, they're also shutting down City National Arena, the locker room, and different things there. It says currently four members of the Golden Knights, including three coaches, are being isolated in connection with the league's COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. All right, there is the latest news right there. Again, and uh, no games Monday and Wednesday on the road for the Golden Knights. All right, glad to have you with us here on a Friday. It, no football, a little bit strange about that, but yes, let the hype begin. Super Bowl 55, the lines are up on the board, the money is still flowing in, and we look forward to next Friday where we'll uh, be talking a lot of football. We'll have it all broken down for you as well, too, with a plethora of guests like we normally have as well, too. All right. Glad to have you with us here on this Friday at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Brian Benowitz, Ballpark Frank, RVD, scheduled to join us. So don't you dare go anywhere with that. Coming back, we'll talk a little more of football and some other uh, NFL news as well, too, on this Friday afternoon. It is the T.C. Martin Show, live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas.